0: That's right, Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, then all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities, and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday, and enjoy the talk. (laughs) Good morning and welcome to Live Dhamma Sunday for March 24th, 2019. This is uh, Sayo Shampan belling in for Reverend uh, Koyo Kobosi. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. And you know, last week, uh, Wednesday, we had our spring equinox uh, telephone service led by uh, uh, Reverend Koyo, who also um, chants usually a sutra for us. And he talked a lot about different ways in which we can use this time, the spring springtime, um, in our daily practice. And so I was thinking a lot about that this, this past week and thinking about all the associations that come with spring. You know, one that always pops to mind is spring cleaning. You know, we always hear that old saying, you know, the winter's done. Now it's time to do some spring cleaning, you know, clearing out the dust and the cobwebs. And so we can apply this to our own uh, spiritual development. You know, maybe it was a rough winter. And I know for, for many places in the U.S., it, uh, it definitely was a rough winter. Lots of snow, cold. Uh, I know here in, in California, we had uh, plenty of rain. And, you know, now it's a good time to uh, take a time, you know, take a moment to reinvigorate, right, our our practice of dharma. Uh, or if we have a particular um, meditation practice or chant that we haven't done for, for a long time or we kind of put aside, well, this is perfect time to start again. Uh, something I like also is, is that, you know, sort of springing back into action, right, or put a little bit of spring in your dharma steps. So all these different things we can use uh, to, you know, help us to restart our practice, or as, as Reverend Koyo would say, uh, you know, planting seeds in our, our minefield. And so we can use this time to plant seeds of wisdom and compassion. And during the springtime, we make sure that we water our seeds. So our practice is like the water that will allow our, virtuous seed or compassion seed or wisdom seed to grow into beautiful uh, a beautiful flower of bodhicitta wisdom and compassion so those are just some things that uh, came to me the last few days Uh, and spring at at bright dawn is is very very green uh, very cool Um, even this morning seeing the sun come up and seeing all the dew on everything it's uh, virtually a pure land here and uh, so there's plenty of time and, and plenty of uh, things around me that invigorate my daily practice, even if it's just the daily, you know, joining of hands together and bowing in gratitude for the beautiful scenery, which uh, I can hold in my mind and take with me wherever I go. So today I um, will not just be hosting, but I will also be providing a quick uh, Dharma Glimpse and Talk Um so we, we talked a little bit about spring and again, you know, I, like I was mentioning, trying to kind of spring back, renew our commitments, right. To the teachings, uh, to the Dharma. Uh, so that this time of renewal can really sort of pump up our, our activities. You know, maybe before we weren't able to do as much again, because of the winter, but now that, you know, mother nature's kind of settling, we can, you know, reignite our practice, our commitments, to benefiting all sentient beings. And that got me thinking a lot about something that's very important, and that's effort. I myself have have kind of thought that, uh, you know, when we look at the, the Eightfold Path, you know, we have right effort. And, of course, right understanding or right view is normally the first one because with right understanding or right view, we understand life better, we understand life as it is, we understand our mind, and so forth. But I've always felt like effort should always be the first one because without effort, we would never realize right understanding. So it's weird, or, or, they, or they, walk, uh, they walk the path together. You could say they're uh, the, the two wings of a bird, that right effort and right understanding. And I've always said in the past that we are active participants in our spiritual life and our spiritual development, and we have to put effort. You know, it's sort of, um, you know, if, if you want to be a good baseball player or basketball player or football player, you have to put effort into your training, into learning from your coach, you know, um, learning also from, from more of the, the senior players, right. Cause they've been there before, uh, they've, they've kind of walked that path, right. They've trained before you, so you can use that, you know, they they're kind of your community, um, but you have to apply yourself uh, because we know that our mind needs to have that element of effort um, because without it, we really don't go anywhere. And it's kind of the analogy I was thinking about uh, a few days ago. It's like you get in a car, right, and you, you have a destination in your mind. Maybe you've entered it into your GPS and you know, turn on the ignition, and then you sit there. And don't go anywhere, you know. So you, you, you have all this. You've got your car. You've got, you know, full tank of gas. And the GPS is set. You've got your destination in mind. But you're not going anywhere uh, because you have to finally decide to go to do it. You know, you have to apply effort. So for me, I've always thought that dharma is effort itself. It's action. And we always hear Reverend Coyle refer to his, his favorite mantra, which is keep going. And again, keep going is, for me, when, when I use it, is to remind myself to apply effort, not stop, but keep going. Um, that goes along you know, with my practice, don't stop, keep going. Even if I feel like I've have, uh, accomplished a specific practice or meditation, no, keep going, keep applying more effort. And I think sometimes we we tend to only apply effort when things uh, aren't going our way. And and I've had many people uh, talk to me about this is, you know, they kind of just live life and do things and uh, ultimately certain, you know, circumstances start manifesting. And then we want to know what to do. Oh, what can I do? You know, a a lot of these things and afflictions are are happening. Um, That's why you want to apply effort when things are going good. That's the best time to apply effort because, when things are going good, then you've got even more precious time to put right effort into your practice, your meditation, your studies. Um, because once things start to manifest, sort of negative uh, outward conditions, um, your mind is already so uh, kind of all over the place that it's very difficult to kind of just apply effort at that time. You know, so you want to have it uh, your practice steady. You know, through the ups and the downs and those um, bumpy road moments in in life. And I think one of the reasons that we we tend to sort of lessen our efforts because we may become discouraged, or like I said, oh things are going pretty good, you know, I, I I'm okay, I'm I'm sort of meditated already, I don't need to to sit and do some meditation. Um, but this would be a, a form of sort of wrong view because ultimately we want to keep going in our practice, we want to be able to make it sort of. Um, such a strong practice that's habitual. You wake up in the mornings, you make your fresh pot of tea, and you do your morning uh practice or meditation or study, whatever it is. Um, you want to make it uh so habitual that it's like a routine, you know. You wake up, you brush your teeth, do your tea, do your meditation, and now it becomes a normal everyday um routine, you know. Um and, of course, you can spice it up every now and then, right? So you don't feel sort of this monotony of, of oh, well, it's the same thing again. You know, um, maybe instead of doing uh, shamatha or kama meditation, now you maybe you do more just sitting, okay, or some vipassana, some inside meditation. Or maybe one morning you do some chanting meditation, you know. And the, the thing is that laziness can deceive us. Sometimes we, we try to look for excuses not to, uh, you know, sit in meditation or do our studies, or we start saying, well, life is, you know, is doing its thing and I just can't do it. Um, And again, I think those are those really real precious moments where we have to apply that effort to keep going, to understand, you know, what's happening, understand our mind and not get caught up in sort of a cycle of, of sadness, depression. Um, So I always remember a teacher once told me, you know, beware of laziness because, it kills our right effort. And without effort, there are no results. You know, uh, Every form of Buddhism requires uh, some kind of effort, whether it's Zen or Pure Land or Vajrayana. Um, there's always a need to apply ourselves so that we can unravel this, this life, this, this state of samsara and understand the nature of nirvana. So it's important not to put our practice aside. And again, now that spring is coming, maybe this is a good time to restart our practice and make a commitment, right? Make that spring commitment of saying, I'm going to see my practice through. And you know, you can be practical too. You don't have to just say to yourself, okay, well, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. No, no, no. Maybe do it for a week. And at the end of that week, take a moment, write down. Uh, I, I like to do something called Dharma journaling. Uh, and many people that know me uh, know that I have plenty of Dharma journals where I just, you know, write uh, things that have happened during that time, during the retreat or during a teaching. So do that, you know, start a Dharma journal. And that, that keeps you going, you know, because you know, oh, I got to write in my Dharma journal today. Maybe it's just a line of gratitude. I'm so happy and thankful for the Dharma. I'm very happy and thankful for my teachers. I'm thankful for my Sangha community, you know. And so start with a week, you know, maybe say as of this morning, I'm going to commit to planting the seed of bodhicitta, of wisdom, compassion, you know, keeping all sentient beings in my mind as I do this, because I know that all beings benefit from this practice, you know, and motivate yourself, maybe that's your motivation, realizing, you know, there is a lot of suffering in this planet. And if I can really do some virtuous deeds, even if it's just sitting meditation and developing wisdom or even just sitting and smiling. you know I, I like to uh, I always like to offer that practice to uh, to people. It's a basic practice you sit in your your spot, your special place of tranquility and smile take a few deep breaths and smile. you know if you have an image on your altar of Buddha or Bodhisattvas look at them and smile and then that practice, believe me, It will resonate as you go out into your work day, your daily life, you go shopping. You smile because you see everyone around you as a Buddha, a Bodhisattva, a potential teacher, and you smile at them. So you want to find ways to really, you know, get yourself going in the mornings and and having that attitude of, yes, I can do it. I can apply effort into into my practice. I can really do this um, and help myself, you know, because that's ultimately it's it's really helping ourselves, you know. It's really um, giving us that chance to explore uh, our practice, to explore the Dharma, you know, the teachings, and how we can then apply that to our everyday life, you know, whether we're going to work or school um, or even if we're retired at home, you know, how how can we apply the teachings, you know. So we want to really develop that sustained effort, you know, and ultimately, that right effort becomes just living practice. Your, your whole life becomes your Dharma practice. Um, the teachings become uh, such a part of you. Then again, it, it's already there. You know, there's really nothing to, to look for because it's there right in front of you. And again, we remind ourselves, I'm a, a participant, you know. And we've got to think, the Buddha mentioned right effort twice. You know, we have the, the Eightfold Path, right? We have right effort. We need to have that right effort. To develop concentration and wisdom, and when we think of the six paramitas, the six perfections, uh, the path of the bodhisattva, you also have effort. You know, um, so again, I always go back to think. You know, he, he spoke so much about effort and and being diligent in our practice that right effort should almost be the very first of the of the noble, uh, you know, the uh, uh, eightfold path. Um, again, because we don't have that that commitment to our practice that. Uh, desire to want to keep going and, and want to um you know help ourselves then it just kind of falls flat and we're we're really missing out on experiences and that oneness of life and developing that oneness. Even developing oneness, it takes it takes effort. You know, obviously one of the things that we we talk a lot about here at the Brighton Center is the way of oneness. And when we look at Robin Guillaume Kobosi's uh, uh, books and his examples uh, you see that he's applied lots of effort you know even to even in his lady in sorry in his uh, later life uh, he kept going he still kept applying effort you know it's like he never stopped he just kept on going and that to me it, is, is an inspiration and i i hope to be able to uh be that way as as i as i age is you know never stop just keep going and you know Keep planting those seeds of bodhicitta, wisdom, compassion. Um, You know, he really teaches us through his own examples, through his own efforts, how we ourselves can then apply effort in our daily lives and our spiritual development and have that inner peace and happiness. You know, remember, happiness, inner peace, it's an inside job. And it's funny, I saw that in a, uh, there's a local um, herb store. Uh, here in the Oakhurst, which is near a and they post it on their website. And I love that sign. The sign that says happiness is an inside job. And it is. You know, we have to work at developing happiness. Um, it'd be great if, if we could, you know, suddenly uh, have someone just give us inner peace and happiness. But we know that's not the way it works. Even, you know, the Buddha was very adamant about that. You know, only you can develop your inner peace your calmness, your harmony, your oneness, you know, and if you think you've got it, you say, oh, I've got this oneness thing down, I, I got it, you know, I fully I really understand it. Well, that's time to even do more, apply more effort, you know, because we never want to stop and, and say to ourselves, well, I don't need to do any more effort, I've got this, I've got this in the bag. Well, no, that's, that would be, again, wrong thinking, because life is changing, everything's impermanent. So right when we think we have something, that's where we really have to apply more effort and and realize that life, this journey, it's not about conclusions. It's not about okay, well I got this now. So now what? No, we keep going. You know, even when the Buddha had attained um, enlightenment, he was still meditating under the under the the, the Bodhi tree. You know, and, and that's I've always been fascinated by that. You know, he attained enlightenment, he had this awakening, he became the Buddha. But it's not like he's like, okay, well, I'm good, folks. You know, that's not how he did it. He kept meditating. You know, when people would assemble, he kept on meditating. He kept on working on his, uh, on his own practice. You know, he still performed the actions of a monk. He still went begging for food, and so it's not like, okay, I'm a Buddha now. I'm good. Everything's good, and I don't have to do anything any- anymore. Um, no, that that would be wrong thing. He still kept meditating. You know why? Because he was enjoying that bliss of awakening. And that bliss keeps going only if we keep applying effort. So even Buddha applies effort. How much more should we put, be putting into our practice? You know? So that's that's what I wanted to share because uh, this is a great time. You know, spring, like I was mentioning, uh, is a great time and inspires us because, you know, the days are are longer. So we have a lot more sunlight. Um, you know, fall time, as much as I love fall, fall is my favorite time of, of the year, of the season. Um you know, the sun goes down by 4, 4 p.m. You know, you're already thinking about getting dinner ready and going to bed, but it's deceiving us because it's so pretty early. Um, so I, I tend to like spring in, in that, uh you know, the, the sun stays out longer and I can, you know, sort of do more more practice or do more study. Um, so whatever activity you enjoy to do, you know, put a little bit of extra effort, you know, and, and you see the results. And, and as, as Koyo Sensei would mention with regards to his garden, you know. Um, i've seen him when he tends to his garden you know he puts a lot of effort um and sometimes you know there's some fruit that develops from from his garden and sometimes there isn't but he keeps on going and he never stops uh which is funny funny story he was planting he wanted to plant uh sweet potatoes and so he was you know again put so much effort and so much effort unfortunately they didn't come out the right way they they you know But they still, there was a little fruit there and it inspired them to do even more, to try again and do something different. So, see, as long as we keep going and applying effort, um, we'll never let ourselves down. Even if there's, you know, something's not coming out the way we want to. Again, if we keep on going, keep applying that effort, keep trying to to do what we need to do, I know that things will eventually start to, uh, you know, make more sense or you know, your mind becomes more calmer, your inner happiness and peace arises a lot more naturally, you know, without any sort of external objects or thought. Um, so I, I always like these different teachings, because they inspire me, and they remind me, hey, keep going. And when you think you, you're you there, oh, apply even more effort, you know, um, because there's no uh, end at the end of, uh, you know, life, if you think of it as a sentence, there's no period at the end, it just keeps going so um, that's what I wanted to share this morning um, and I'm, I'm very thankful that uh, you join us and please uh, you know continue to listen in and Reverend Coyle will definitely be here next week and I'm thankful to be able to spend this time with you this morning as we always say keep going and have a beautiful week until next time